Welcome to the Dadass Podcast, the subpar, mediocre at best, podcast about being a new dad. Hey, hey, and welcome to the Dadass Podcast, the unscripted, unconventional, and completely epic podcast about being a new dad. Here with the one, the only, dude, the resident family counselor. How are you doing, sir? Hey, bud. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm liking your beard. Not Thanks. to sound like Kesha. I like your beard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, it's a labor of love, actually. Yeah? Yeah. It's still a little patchy in some spots, but, you know, I, I was like... like it. It's the summer. Yeah, whatever. Do it. Yeah. Are you allowed to have that at work? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, it's looking good. You have that. I have the mustache. I mean, we're... We're yep. just classic fellows yep. just doing a podcast. Yep. We have a hell of a cocktail to talk about, and I have one damn good dad joke for you. Yeah. Well, uh, what do you want to go with first? Do you want to go dad joke or cocktail? We'll do the dad joke to uh, set up the cocktail. All right. Yeah. So uh, let me hear. Uh, uh, let's hear your best dad. Actually, is this the first? Ooh, is this the first time you've ever told a dad joke? It on? might be. Oh, God. It I might be. It. Maybe my second. This better be good then. I like, like this There's one. a lot riding on this. I entered my chinchilla. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. It was, it was coming off. I entered my chihuahua, not my chinchilla, but that makes it even better. In the ugliest dog contest, I won first. The dog came in third. <laughs> Do you know why? The mustache. It's your mustache. <laughs> <laughs> had I had the swim, the, uh, the, uh. the swim trunk uh, outfit you keep talking about, I, I may have won. So what are we enjoying on this this episode today? So this one should taste something. Okay, I don't actually like the fair, um, personally. Like, you know, like the county fair mm-hmm. or state fair. It's, not, it's just not my scene. Um, but like... Now that you said fair, I've been trying every time I sip this. I, I'm like, God, it smells like something. Now you're saying fair. I feel like I'm getting close. Keep going. Uh, um, but... I'll be darned if some fair food isn't just some good stuff, right? Oh yeah, an elephant ear. Yeah, right. No, this Those doesn't greasy taste like potato like oh, uh, French yes. fries. Yes, yeah. Um, I guess it's not exactly f- f- just fair food, but like super like caramel apples mm-hmm. and like that sort of um, vibe. I can't put my I can't put my nose on it. On yeah. what it smells like. Keep going. You're you're teasing so, me. So, hold on. He did not share with me ahead of of this of what's in it or what this is. So like this well, I was kind of going for like a caramel apple like a uh, fried apple fritter mm-hmm. sort of fair foody cuz you know we would The be... fritter. The fritter's what I smell over the caramel apple. Keep going. So that's that's what we're going after okay. here. Um, it's kind of like a caramel apple fritter, if you will. I like it. Um, and so and you concocted this one. I did. I did. Um, so the, it's actually equal parts of three things that, um, don't seem like they should go together at first glance. Um, the first mm. is salted caramel vodka. I, I'm getting the caramel now. Now I'm understanding, like now that you've said what it should be. I'm tasting the, the like salted caramel part now. Okay. Okay. Um, so it's three quarter ounce uh, salted caramel vodka. And then we're going to hit it with three quarter ounce apple brandy. Ooh. And then, and uh, it's uh, uh, the local place here, uh, Watershed. Mm-hmm. It's their, 
their apple brandy, which oh, if you haven't had it's, it's really good. I've never had their apple brandy. Oh, it's really, really good. Um, Watershed puts out some good stuff, though. Yeah. Um, I would love to do an episode at Watershed sometime. Wouldn't that be fun? That would be fun. All right. Um, so it's Watershed. And then the other piece to this is three-quarter ounce. It's called Landlocked. Mm. Okay. And it's um, from a distillery in uh, Pittsburgh called Weigel. W-I-G-L-E. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's supposed to be kind of similar to rum. But, like, their thing is is that they try and use, like, local ingredients and those sorts of things. And so sugarcane isn't something that naturally grows in Pennsylvania. No. Yeah. So they actually make it from honey. Okay. But it's not mead. It's it's a distilled product, um, whereas mead is um, you know a fermented honey product. Um, so landlocked. So it's like it's their answer to rum. Yeah, but it's it's not rum. Um, but it's spiced, and so you're getting some of those like sort of baking spice notes to it. Um, so yeah, I don't really uh, I don't I don't really know what we're gonna call it. Um, We'll have to come up with something. Maybe the more we drink it, yeah, the more we'll be creative. You and know, come I up with something. I came into that episode with Sarah and with an idea of a name, and then, and it, then it just evolved, evolved into yeah. Josie's Peach Pie. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see what happens. So, all right. So we'll we'll see what this does. But it, there's a nice balance to this. Real Thank smooth. You. Yeah. Oh, and I also forgot. Um, and then there is a quarter ounce of brown sugar simple syrup. I'm pulling out my notebook. So I write all this down after because this is really good. And I do the social media. So I need to make sure I write everything down yeah. when we're done. That's my reminder. Um, thank you for such a great drink. And and once you started saying it, then every time I've come up, now I'm like, okay, I smell it. Oh, it's so good. So cheers to you, good sir. Cheers. Mm. So um, we have passed 4th of July. Yes. And that is my favorite holiday of the year. Yeah. And and I'll spare you why, but I, I just love it because it's not all about presentation and setting the table and the perfect gift. It's literally about celebrating an underdog story, cracking open cold drinks or mm-hmm. bourbon or something with friends and family, and it ends with a big bang. Yeah. One way or another. Yeah. A lot of the, a lot of the fireworks were canceled, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, where our hometown or, or where I work, Westerville, they're doing small parades throughout different pockets of the community. Oh, cool. And then potentially um, either one big firework at the end of the summer or smaller ones throughout town so then people don't gather. Oh, that's a good idea. So we'll, we'll see. I think there's ways. I have a really cool plan or had a really cool plan of what we're going to do, but I'll save you that time and tell you offline. Um, you're going to get liquored up, go to maybe draw, draw, drive across state lines, get some illegal fireworks. No, no. You know, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm all about history, good and bad. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think we should learn from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what we did was I planned a day for us to go down to the state house to see the Christopher Columbus, um, statue. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to the veterans memorial. No, the one at the state house is the only one. Columbus, nope. Columbus State, and then the uh, one in front of City Hall's gone. Oh, uh, okay. Um, so um, 
Tuck can see that and know the good and the bad of Christopher Columbus. But then we're going to the Veterans Memorial um, in mm-hmm. Westerville, the First Responders Park. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then um, I'm debating, um, well, not debating, sorry, we recorded this before 4th of July. So yeah. it's still in beta, but you're listening to it after. But we're either going to go down to Chase, I think it's called Chase, Chase Camp, Camp Chase. It was a Confederate prisoner of war camp slash union um, training facility in the Civil War. Hilltop. Really? Yeah. And um, so I'm debating of going there or Sunbury has a uh, memorial area for those in service who have died post 9-11. Because I feel if, if we can't go to a parade and we can't, you know, do some of the things that we would do, I want Tuck, even though he's very young, to learn what Fourth of July is all about, yeah, and and have some some stuff and and just as we as we've talked with with Vaughn, um, our history has been whitewashed. So I want to make sure that he's learning the good yeah. and the bad because I'm a firm believer that we should learn from all of that so we don't keep doing the stupid yeah. things. Christopher Columbus repeatedly. is a terrible human being. <laughs> he is, yeah, or well was, but. My my main my main point is I love Fourth of July, but also a month later is Coast Guard birthday, and I served in the Coast Guard. I don't talk a lot about it just because I was a reservist, so like I didn't I don't I didn't feel like I did a lot. Um, but growing up, and I wanted to share this story to tee up some lessons that I learned through boot camp and my time in service that I've learned as a dad, and and we'll laugh a little bit at some of these. Um, but uh, although I don't talk about it, I'm damn proud uh, to be a veteran. Yeah, for sure. And so my dad did 10 years Navy, 10 years Coast Guard, and all of his cool stories were, um, coolest stories were in the Coast Guard. It's smaller branch, which means you get more responsibility. And uh, I'm dumb. I had three point like two in high school. So um, go, going to an academy was not in the cards. So my plan was, after a life of, of learning about the military and everything from my dad, was that I'd go to uh, a college, I'd be in the reserves, and then I'd get myself into OCS or an academy that way. And then um, I had too much fun with internships and too much fun in school and not as much fun as a reservist with active duty guys at a station that I just was like, all right, I'll do my eight years, get in, get out, um, and, and hang my hat up on that. So anyway, with that being said, Coast Guard birthday, 4th of July, I'm feeling very patriotic. And then sadly, the old COVID-19 snuck in and crushed my dreams of taking Tuck and Heather with some friends to, um, Coast Guard Festival in Michigan, and then 4th of July was kind of phoned in this year, Mm -hmm. and so I was like, all right, I was reflecting on all these things I learned in service and boot camp that have made me a, um, or prepared me to be a dad, and so I wanted to bring these to you. Now, I'm also kind of interested in this, too, from a personal perspective, Yeah, because I wasn't in the military by any means, but um, there are... A lot of parallels that go between the military and like something like being a paramedic. So I'm kind of curious to see yeah. how like this well, sort of weaves. And and especially for the Coast Guard, we're more or less a uh, life saving than life taking mm-hmm. uh, branch because I think the Coast Guard, and I'm biased, is the most diverse of, of the five military branches. Be, well, six, I guess, if you space force <laughs> count space force. <laughs> Which is a good show on Netflix. 
Oh. <laughs> this tastes like caramel. Oh. All right. Space Wars. <laughs> We're going to have you, to edit you, this. You know what? No, let's keep it going. But you know what, though? Like, I <laughs> on so many levels... Space Force sounds as absurd as maybe it sounded when JFK said we're going to be on the moon in yeah, the 60s. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. maybe I can see it. I don't know. But um, coming back to your point, though, paramedic-wise, uh, a lot of what we do in the Coast Guard um, is just rapid response, either uh, for law enforcement, anti-terror, but most of it is search and rescue. And so you have to be boat crew qualified to be on these boats. You have your coxswain, you have the boat crew, but you have to go with at least one person that is certified paramedic. Oh, really? So not, not all of us are paramedics, but you have to have one paramedic uh, qualified huh. individual on the boat crew. That's interesting. Um, and then a lot of the times when we brought, brought back people that were you know injured or whatnot, um, we had the paramedics then on base yeah. or at a landmark where we would just rapid come in, ship those people off to get the care that they needed on oh, land. You know, I've never asked you this. Do you know what one of my favorite movies is? I don't know. The Guardian. Yes. I, I DVR'd that. I love it. Since Coast Guard Weekend's canceled, I have um, The Guardian uh, DVR'd so we can watch it at home. And then I need to get that Disney one. I forget that movie. I'm hoping it's on Disney+. Plus. I don't know which one you're talking it's about. It's from the 1950s out like at Cape Cod. I don't know this one. And this big ship's taken on water. Everyone's about to die. And these folks, I mean, this is before the Coast Guard was, like, having all the gear that they have now. And they pedaled their way out. They had no idea where they were. By luck and fate, they found them. Yeah, wild story. I forget what it's called. Oh, it's going to kill look me. this up. Um, no, I love The so Guardian. I want to watch these movies. Um, the Guardian, though. How like, real or not is it? Well, I wasn't a I wasn't a rescue swimmer. I was a bosun's mate, a BM. I always got made fun of because I was like. <laughs> kind of like a bowel uh, movement. A yeah, bit. right? A BM who, are you ready for this? On my drill weekends, I would tell my fraternity brothers, I'm going on duty. <laughs> so I'm a BM going on duty. So what is a, a, a bosun? So, so I'm a boat's a if if you spell it out, it's like boat swains mate. Oh, okay. And so pretty much we did everything from navigation to the line handling to um, then we were the folks that were doing the LE, the law enforcement, and 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 the different you know missions that that were going on. Because then you have you know a whole slew of other uh, other rates. But because you know compared to like the Navy, the Coast Guard's so small. There's so much that falls under what a bosun's mate does so you could be the coxswain you know there's just yeah too much for for what we're trying to do in this episode so you didn't jump out of the cool no. coast guard helicopter Mm-mm. no okay but what i'll tell you is i don't know how factual that movie and the training was for it but what i will say is um i volunteered and went down to um, new orleans mm-hmm. uh, the week of hurricane katrina yeah yeah and when I was down there, and and maybe depending on where our discussion goes, I'll share more stories. Um, I have good life-saving one stories, and then um, 19-year-old Matt, 20-year-old Matt, oh, yeah. got to go explore New Orleans. I feel like left. that's fair, given the the way the last episode we, just went. We, we recorded two today. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
we're going to get with, there. With that being said, though, um, I, I became good friends uh, when I was down there with the rescue swimmers. And so this was when, at that time, because this was like when FEMA had all the BS and they were failing. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, at that time, it was the largest rescue mission for anything and anyone in the history of rescue mission, aerial wow. rescue missions. And so these dudes... These rescue swimmers, again, I don't know the authenticity of the movie and the training, but these cats, first off, have my respect. They're like, but okay, wait, before you go, are they like the Navy SEALs version of the Coast Guard? It, physically, probably, okay. because of what they have to do. I mean, if you think about it, um, there's a show, I think, on History Now, um, every Saturday morning at 7. That's Baywatch? Legit. No. Oh, oh no. A, li- okay. no. <laughs> a little bit better. But it's all, um, it's like live PD. God bless Live PD that's no longer on air. But it's like Cops and Live PD meets the Coast Guard, but on History, Saturday mornings at huh. 7. And you'll see these missions like off the um, Alaskan coast, and they're going out and getting fishermen, or they're doing um, getting uh, go-fast, um, the, the fast speedboats pushing drugs down in the Gulf. And you get to see all the different missions of the Coast Guard. But these rescue sw- swimmers that I got to know uh, down in New Orleans um, – get paid to work out all day and then they just joke around hang out train but the moment that search and rescue alarm goes off the SAR alarm goes off boom it is just game face on grab the gear sprint to the helicopter and these cats are jumping into what I mean at this time they were going to rooftops and 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 different things because of what was it the ninth uh ninth parish um, yeah same St. Bernard Parish, I, I forget. It was so long ago. Um, they were doing rooftop, but like they were legit going into the Gulf of Mexico at the same time, taking on 20-foot swells. I, I can barely swim. I can swim to save myself and someone else, but like they're legit going out in 15, 20-footers plus and getting people that were dumb to be out there you know, in their dinghy. Yeah. And, and so anyway, these guys have, have all my respect. Um, but man, their training regimen alone was was bull. So um, I can go all day talking about the little bit that I did in the Coast Guard. But I want to te- I want to talk about four points that I learned in basic training in my time in service that prepared me to be a dad, and I didn't realize that until now. And so um, let me let me just share share this first one with you. Oh, he's got to take a drink beforehand. This I be have good. to actually hold on. Because I don't ever talk about this, and my mom during the COVID-19 has been cleaning out the house. Um, oh, boy. She brought me boxes from home that were in the crawl space. You told me there were surprises to this there episode. There were surprises. So before I get it's into my you, it's first— It's a military thing. I can see—I can, I can just barely—I'm so, so excited right now. Before—and I didn't want to show you this because I wanted to make sure we <laughs> caught your, like, your response. Um, Petty Officer Lucina— was our um, one of our three company commanders? Why he you was... gotta call him Petty? <laughs> no, that was his rate. Um, he was the coolest cat. Uh, he was from Venezuela. He always just he just knew how to scream and motivate you. But then there were times after we got our ass kicked, he always wanted to humanize why. Oh yeah. Why he just and you'll like this on the uh, aspect of being like a counselor. Why I just degraded you 
here's why I just put you on an emotional roller coaster because when you're saving lives, yeah, you have yeah, to do this. Yeah. And so he loved to joke. Well, that son of a bee didn't allow me um, when we were getting our professional photos done in dress uniform in our dress blues, uh, the opportunity to get my glasses. And in boot camp, whether you have contacts or glasses, don't you they have, like issue some? Oh yeah, we call them BCGs, birth control glasses. <laughs> Son of a bee would not allow me to get my glasses. So had anything bad or good happened to me during my tenure, during my, during my enlistment, this is what would have been all, all over the news. I am willing because I just embarrassed you an hour ago with your dad. That doesn't even look. Are you sure that's you? I had a little bit of weight. Yeah. During my because this this was my summer between my my senior year of high school and freshman year of college, my buddy Scott Dutch, who's a chef that we'll have on um, in an upcoming episode, during senior study hall would always bring a block of Velveeta cheese, <laughs> mix it with hot salt, yeah, like yeah, salsa, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and then we dip it in Doritos. Yeah, it's queso and right then, there, baby. So like I was you know probably ten pounds heavier in the face and other places, but I have the BCGs, you know, and I'm blind. So, I mean, these are thick glasses, um, big brown square things on my face. I'm not allowed to smile. They actually made me redo it because I don't know how to not smile. So I wanted to bring that and share it. I will post this oh, on the social media. Such a cutie. Because there's incriminating and, and probably well-edited stories from when your dad was on here. So I'll post that. But I didn't want to tell you about wow, it. Wow, that is... That's phenomenal. My mom brought that in a box. Also, just, you, sir, are like a fine wine. You seem to be getting better with age. You know what Heather just told me? She goes, you know what? You really got better <laughs> looking the older you got. <laughs> you should have saw me in high school. I was a punk rock kid. Oh. I had longer orange dyed hair, gold what? braces, big black room. Oh, anyway. yeah. I got to see that. Yeah. So back to the military. Uh, well, before we get there. <laughs> I feel like Heather probably tells a similar uh, sort of idea that Kimberly and I talk about, which is if you had met Heather in high school or maybe even college, like you would have never been. I tell Heather that all the time. Yeah. I was a wilder person. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Like I, t- I tell her all the time. Like, and I mean that with, with so much respect yeah. to like us. I love my wife. Had we had met, in college, and I was I was a senior when she was a freshman. No way in hell. I actually was dating a sorority sister. <laughs> Her sorority sister? <laughs> My senior year, yeah, when she was a freshman. We joke about that, too. Another story. Wow. We would need another drink with dude for that one. We won't do that. I have four points. All right, let's get to it. So these are four lessons that I would have learned from boot camp or my time in service that now as a father I, I realize prep me like I went through a daddy like a daddy boot camp before becoming a dad uh, thanks to the uh, military and so the first lesson I learned was get used to early mornings the um, later we went into boot camp the more they started to shift like hours of when we'd wake up and so there it was not rare that by by the end we were getting our ass kicked for PT at like four in the morning and we've said this in past episodes. Now I teach spin, you know, spin for LA. Well, 
for a local gym. That's how we met years back, you, yeah. you yeah. and me and your wife. And so now I realize I used to get my ass kicked in PT and get screamed at in the morning. And now as a dad, I'm doing high steps missing Binkies or the dog in, in Tuck's room trying to avoid him screaming even louder. So like I feel like I'm back to Petty Officer Lucina screaming at me. But instead of me getting yelled at or having things thrown at me or having to do different, um, you know, um, pretty much punishments or incentive training, as they would call it, incentive not to f- mess up anymore, um, I'm being yelled at and screamed at by Tuck to get the binky in his mouth. Have you ever thought about this? Tuck doesn't even have the courtesy of of Petty Officer Lucina. He doesn't tell you why afterwards. Yeah. No, he doesn't. There's no teaching moment. No, there's no teaching moment. He goes back to sleep. Here's the best part. I love my son. I love my son. He sleeps with his feet together and kind of knees out. So it's kind of like that butterfly stretch, yeah, if you yeah. remember that from yeah. back in the day, with his hands behind his head. Oh. He's screaming like this. <laughs> not not opening his eyes. <laughs> He's just freaking screaming. And I don't have my glasses. So imagine me, right? I'm like dead asleep now touching on the floor for this glow-in-the-dark binky that no longer glows in the dark. Like, oh, my God, do not wake your mom. Do not get the dog up in arms because if Shandy's up, then she needs to go pee outside. And I'm like, freak, where is this? Where are my BCGs? I'm like, get me those Coke those Coke goggle bo- or Coke bottle goggles that I have over there. I still have them. Oh man, I really would like you to wear them sometime. Fun story. Again, I was in the reserves. I was a walk-on kicker. So again, I didn't I didn't play football. I'm not going to pretend I played football um, at Otterbine. <laughs> but um, wait, in college too? Yeah, I didn't know that. And so, um, and and I never missed. I had two tackles in college. Never missed a field goal or an extra point. I only played my freshman year JV. Um, so I like to say my NCAA career. I still have active time, and I I ended at a hundred like percent. So Cleveland Browns, if it gets bad this year. <laughs> um, with that being said. I don't wear contacts, and I don't want to have my nice glasses, like, jacked up. Yeah. So I played with my BCGs proudly. No. Because also, like, I was like, I'm in the military. Like, as a freshman, I was pretty arrogant, too. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like... That's cute that you, you guys, said as a freshman, like, that you, doesn't still sound thing. You guys think you're tough here, like, at football two-a-days. I just got my ass kicked for, like, nine weeks sleep deprived and y'all are coming here like out of shape out of weight so i put these on well anyway one of the coaches started calling me wild thing like ricky vaughn oh yes so i came out the the second day of boot camp did you or um two a days with white tape and i had a a girl one of the trainers that knew what the joke was and she had like a steadier hand she put a skull and crossbones across my glasses I love that movie. Yeah, it's a classic. Well, we we should talk about classic like movies too. Yeah. Like one of this, Tommy um, Boy. Um, oh, that'd be a good one. It's such a good one. So that's the first one. Get used to early mornings, and I think that's a reason. I mean, I've always been an early riser, but now, like even even today, the day that we're recording, I stand I stand our porch, and I was done by like ten eleven in the morning. Yeah, uh, because I started so early. Um, all right, so here's the second one. Hold on, I need to go back to the fair for a mm. caramel apple. Mm-hmm. Caramel apple fritter. Mm. So the Coast Guard motto, 
is semper paratus, Latin for always ready. Or because we're, you know, 2020, it's very easy to just want to shorten things. So we always say semper p. And um, I've come to realize that semper paratus, not just for Coast Guard missions and being ready for whatever's going to come, a search and rescue case, law enforcement case, uh, mission or anything, for a parent, I've come to realize in, in, you know, these eight months, almost nine, a baby's going to cry when you don't want a baby to cry. For example, pre-COVID, we go to church. Our pastor, he's great. He's a, a phenomenal um, homilist. There were like three weeks in a row, and, and luckily everyone around us who were like our grandparents' age loved Tuck and like had energy because their grandkids didn't live near them. But this little guy would wake up from his nap and just start screaming like the moment Padre was about to like give his homily. And so you had to be ready for that. And like we already knew who was who was on duty to take the little guy to the cry room or to the... Um, the lobby. Now, now that he's um, a little bit older, and now that we have like the air conditioner on or fans on, he goes like if he pees and he's he's angry, you know, it's a warm, wet diaper, and we take that off. Well, that cold air or the breeze from the fan comes on, that dude starts peeing like a little fountain, a little <laughs> fountain of tuck, and like you got to be ready for that stuff. So, like, not only is is the Coast Guard motto of Semper Paratus. Um, mission oriented for the for the coast guard and what we have to do um i realize now that that was just preparing me to be pissed on or pooped on um or let alone have to walk my way out in front of hundreds of people because the little guy decided um his nap's over even though it's the quietest portion of of an hour of silence you got to be ready for that I, I don't even know what else to say about it except Semper P. Yeah. And in the dad case, it's Semper P. Yeah. P-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E. I mean, we go through like a box of like a hundred some diapers in like a week now. Oh my gosh. I had no idea how expensive diapers were until like maybe like a year ago. Um, we I mean, we don't need them or anything, but I was like buying them for someone else. And I was like, yeah. whoa. Well, you know, a, a fun fact, um, because of the nature of my job, I work with a lot of different businesses. And I had an inside source to Costco. And um, Heather and I are, are obsessed with Costco. I actually am obsessed with Costco, and she married into the obsession. Okay, well, um, how upset were you? I knew that this was that COVID was getting bad when one thing happened. Do you know what it was? Costco limited people. No, because no. even before that, no what? When they stopped giving out samples, oh, the samples. I was like, it's yep. getting real okay. now. I, like, yep. oh god. Um, but if you think about it, it makes sense. Oh, it totally makes sense. But I'm not. I'm not arguing what, against it. But what that, I love about Costco is the fact that, um, and this goes back to always ready. I did it when I was single. And you met me at my pinnacle of you were work, at, working out, counting everything. You were at the top I of ate. your single game. The discount alone on my pre-workout paid for the membership. 
then when I realized how much I was spending at, at different places on chicken, it made, you know, now that I'm married, I've come to realize not only is it the cheap, and not, not just married, let me rephrase that because that, that would make this comment sound like it's for Heather. Now that I'm a dad, mm-hmm. the cheapest place for diapers is there at Costco. Here's what I found out, though, from my inside source. She went out when we were talking about, um, first off, sorry, this is a salesperson for Costco. She started to tell me what all of their brand stuff is actually. Oh, yeah. Their coffee, Starbucks. Hmm. Their batteries, Duracell. I think it was Duracell. Diapers, Huggies. Mm. And she told me more. I don't Why remember. Why not Loves? You know, I thought it was like you live, you love, and... Or I don't know, maybe that's Sam's Club. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, maybe it's Sam's Club. Um, but, um, oh, you know what? What? We we don't get the privilege of this in Ohio, but um, Aunt Sue and Uncle Bob yeah. in Florida, their Costco has liquor. It's a liquor store. Oh, my gosh. Do and you know they're the number one wine distributor in America? I believe that, 100%. Yeah. And they have Costco-branded um, like liquor. There, I love that, like vodka and all that stuff. And I, I don't know for sure, but like I've heard rumors that like it's like Grey Goose and S- like some of it is. Yeah, if you look at the the Kirkland brand beer, mm-hmm. it's a small brewery out of uh, I think La Crosse, Wisconsin. Hmm. Yeah, I mean it's legit stuff. Um, God, we should just do one on Costco. Maybe I could we, get someone from Costco. Maybe I think. we can record in Costco. Oh, that'd be the dream. <laughs> Um, oh, they'd have to do a sample. They would have to. They'd have to lift the sample ban, though. Uh, <laughs> we would have to sample that stuff right here. Do you know that Kimberly and I, when I was in grad school, we used to do what we called Sample Saturday. Um, actually, Why not? Yeah. So this was. Um, we didn't have a membership to Costco because we were too poor. Um, but we would actually <laughs> drive around to all the grocery stores. In I dig that in Central Ohio and uh, or in like Columbus and try and actually eat an entire lunch. From just samples. That's so cool. Whole Foods, Anderson's when Didn't they used to be Didn't we meet at a Whole Foods like last year, like pre-pregnancy? Like hey, did, did we take you to like a, a like wine tasting? Mill, right? Didn't we do? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so point number three. Point number three, and this goes back to kind of my devotion to um, Costco. But there are three uh, core values, and I think they're still true because I've, I've been out since uh, 2012. But we had three core values, and I've hold these, like, held these dear to my heart, and that's honor, respect, and devotion to duty. And I want to emphasize devotion to duty because now that I'm a dad, duty has now taken a different form of spelling. Mm. Yeah. And um, just, just earlier this week, the little guy um, who's now kind of on solids, uh, solid foods— is now officially in different poop consistency. Yeah, so it's yeah, you, no you, longer, yeah. You went through this before. We did. Yeah. There's colors, smells, yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now it's almost normal man poop or okay. human poop, not man poop, <laughs> person poop. Um, so devotion to duty, different spelling. Um, I had him sitting on me. He was in his, well, what we thought was going to be his onesie for the evening. The diaper wasn't all the way on, mm. but the, the angle in which he was seated, Who it put came the diaper up. On? Probably Heather, not me. <laughs> and um, it um, came out of mm. the new diapers mm. and onto me. And so... That is foul. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's a load of crap, if you ask me. But um, 
in the military and in, in, in the Coast Guard, our devotion to duty is that we have to see the mission out. You know, you can't go out in the middle of 20-foot swells on a search and rescue case, on a SAR case, and just stop because you're scared. Uh, you can't go out on, you know, a rapid response uh, law enforcement case and just stop because things are getting rough. Well, as a, as a father, I realized you can't just stop trying to calm your kid down because you got shat on. <laughs> I mean, you got to see it through. You got to be devoted to that duty. Yeah. To clean them up, calm them down, make them feel good, and put them in maybe, you know, poopless outfits. <laughs> And then see it through that you wash yourself off and put some clothes on. And you need to be prepared for that. Yeah, yeah. And um, there's been multiple times of, you know, for example, when he was real little, we didn't realize the the diapers actually have like a little bit of a side that you have to put out and then put the other Velcro part over. Oh, yeah, I could have told you that. I was holding them and then like the pee kind of got on my sweatshirt. (laughs) And then it was like I got warm and then warmer and then more warm. Oh. And so it was like, okay, got it. Side strap. Put it over. Um, but you got to see it through, you know, because um, as a parent, the little guy, little girl comes first. Yeah, yeah. And then you worry about yourself. And, you know, it's kind of like when they say on an airplane, well, no, let me rephrase that because I can't use that. That's a bad example. Forget it. I'm not even going down that because I think it's you put your, your mask on first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, yeah, yeah no. So I'm not even going down there. That's yeah, that, a bad, that, bad one. We'll cut that but out. <laughs> devotion. No, leave that. Authenticity. <laughs> um, so point three, devotion to duty. So we get uh, get used to early mornings, get used to 4 a.m. Semper P took a different route when I was a kid or as, as a parent. Devotion to duty, different from the military to uh, as as a, uh, a parent. Also, before we move on from that, it was also respect and what was the other one? Honor, respect, and devotion. To Honor, duty. respect. And I think, I mean, obviously we were being a little tongue-in-cheek tongue with the devotion to duty, but there's also a thing about um, honor and respect um, for your kids. Certainly. And like, I mean, I grew up in a... A house where, like, honor and respect was a big thing. Like, you were respectful and all that sort of stuff, and you did honorable sort of acts and those sorts of things. But um, it's also important, I think, for parents to remember that um, it's a two-way sort of street. Yeah. Right? That's a good point. Right? Like, right now, it's it's obviously a lot different because Tuck's small. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like... um, making sure that like you're giving honor and respect to your child. And there's a, there's a really good book, um, how to talk. So little kids will listen and how to listen. So little kids will talk. And it talks about, um, like as an adult, we have these like huge, we have like a more worldly, um, perspective to things. Yeah. Right. And so we can sort of contextually put things into place. Yeah. And so like you fall down and skin your knee and you're like, gosh, that hurts. But like grand scheme of things, eh, it's fine to a kid. They might fall down and skin their knee and they're like, it's like the worst thing ever. Right. Mm-hmm. They can't, now they can't go play and you know, all these sorts of things. Um, and maybe we've talked about this before, maybe we haven't, but the idea of, um, like validating that experience. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have a tendency as adults to sort of just like, it's, it's really well intending where you're like, Oh, I, I want them to not make a big deal out of this. Um, and so you're like, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Right. 
and and you sort of like brush off that experience or like they've had a rough morning like they didn't get the breakfast they were looking for or whatever right yeah and um it's all well intending cuz you're trying to help them have adult perspective in that yeah. moment right um but then it 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 can be dismissive at times yeah right cuz i'm thinking about like imagine if you went into your boss's office and you said you know like such as this thing is a problem mm-hmm. right your boss might have a more, a broader scope of, of understanding of things. And how would it feel if your boss was just like, yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. But this was something that was really bothering you. Yeah. Right. Um, it doesn't feel like validating. Right. And Mm -hmm. so rather than like coming to sort of terms with it, um, it doesn't actually allow you to put it contextually into into sort of a helpful place. Yeah. It actually like you leave your boss's office and you're like, man, my boss is a jerk. They didn't, they didn't really do anything. But if your boss says like, man, like it's really tough when some of that stuff like doesn't go the way you're thinking and that sort of stuff. And you just take like a brief moment to just be like, I hear you. I understand what's going on. Right. Like, just that moment, mm-hmm. that little thing can make a huge impact in helping someone make that sort of shift. Yeah. And it's also like treating them with respect. Absolutely. And being like, I hear you. Like, now, it's not, I think the difficult thing is walking the line of like, you're not freaking out when they're freaking out. You're just saying, I, I understand where this is sort of coming from. Mm-hmm. I can hear or, or feel your sort of point of view to, a, to an extent. Um, and let me sort of just like live in that space with you. Yeah. So, I mean, just to throw that sort of actual nerdy side out to it. I think that's great. And that brings a lot of value to the discussion, but I, I can't help but think that you just teed up Shaq and Kobe style. My final point. And that is something that I learned from a senior chief. And so I want to share you, uh, share this story with you. And then this, this lesson, uh, because I think this this ties in with what you were saying. And um, I have very, like I said, I don't talk about my time a lot just because I was a reservist. And outside of like going to Hurricane, you know, doing search and rescue for Hurricane Katrina, I don't feel uh, that I did a lot. You did so, plenty. So you did more I, than I did. I don't, I don't like to, you know, always, always flaunt it, but I'm, I'm, I'm damn proud um, to have served in, in uniform. And um, there was one night uh, that I had uh, volunteered to be on the boat crew if, if a search and rescue case came up, a SAR case in the middle of the night. And um, our senior chief um, was on that boat crew, and we had to go out, and we went to the farthest end of our area of responsibility, our AOR. And um, it ended up being um, really nothing, but there was a lot of ramp up and build up to what was being uh, kind of uh, radioed in by those on on uh, land. And um, I forget the specifics, and I, I I think it was just like a boater that just really was just dead in the water. We thought it was like injury taking on water, like much worse than what it was. And um, on the way back, we had like thirty minutes, and it was flat ass calm, um, just. We're just skipping across the top of the water. Stars all above. I'm in the back because I just always love the peace and quiet. But then the hum of the uh, engine 
mm-hmm. when there's nothing but like night and stars around. I mean, yeah. and you're far enough off land where you just see the speckles. And I'm like, like you're out there by yourself in a sense. And then we were on a 25 foot, uh, RBS, uh, rapid, uh, what was it? Rapid response boat. And, um, you feel like you're by yourself cause there's only like four of you on there and senior chief came out and we're just shooting the, we're just talking. And, um, he started asking me about like different things in terms of the case, what we thought it was going to be, what it wasn't going to be, how we can handle it if it was worse and exactly what we thought it might be, which it wasn't. And he goes, just remember in the coast guard and in life, you must be a sea of calm in a storm of chaos. And those words have stuck with me ever since. And it wasn't until um, Tuck was born that it came into a, a different level. Like I've, I've said it as a community uh, leader in my, in my um, job, it rang true in the military. But at home, if I'm freaked out because our child's freaked out, Tuck only freaks out more. If Heather's freaked out, and Tuck's picking up on it, and I freak out, then everyone freaks out. So we must be, as parents, a sea of calm in a storm of chaos. Now, I could go down and give a dissertation, and, and others that have served more than I have can talk about what that means in a military aspect. But at home, and with an eight-month-old, I can certainly say... There have been times where I've been freaked out or scared for, you know, Tuck hitting his head or this or that. And I make a goofy noise just to get him to giggle. And he's going from DEFCON, like, screaming to just stopping and kind of looking at me and, like, why is dad making goofy noises? And I'm, you know, full of anger or rage or whatever. I don't know what's going through his mind. But that sea of calm in a storm of chaos has really helped that mentality keep him from going to that next level of, of freaking out. And I think it's something oh, that, yeah. that we should do more of as parents. I can totally identify with that um, as a paramedic or a former paramedic, right? The idea that like you're often walking into like these like super emotional, like high tense situations. Um, and you know, you're moving quickly to get to the person, but like, um, you're not like frantically like, you know, running and all that sort of stuff because you need to have like, you need to be that calm sort of thing. That doesn't mean you don't run. Like sometimes you run, but, um, you know, you're not freaking out. And, um, so yeah, I can totally identify with that piece too. And from like a, a parenting perspective, I can't tell you from a first-hand perspective, but just from that of a, a counselor, um, like you sort of set the tone as a parent, right? Um, and they pick up on all of that, like as you're getting ready to have an experience. Like if I guarantee if like you're sort of anxious or nervous or whatever, um, and you are really amplifying that in your words and your actions and things like that, your kid will pick up on that and they'll respond to whatever the situation is in that sort of same way. You know, like I think about as somebody who works in school, you know, the way we're talking about going back to school, right. Um, it's in less than an ideal situation for everyone. 
right? And we're all doing the best we absolutely possibly can. Um, and your school might make a decision about what school looks like or those sorts of things. Um, in and you may not agree with it or have a different opinion. You're totally allowed to have that a different opinion. You absolutely should, um, if that's what you feel. But I think the way you express that is different, and we have to be really mindful of um, our response to things um, and what it's sort of teaching our kids because you can sort of unintentionally preload your kids with anxiety and worry and yeah. those sorts of things um, versus being like, yeah, this is what school's going to look like, that sort of thing. And now if, if you feel the need to sort of advocate for your child in a different way, like you absolutely should do all of those avenues and, and, and do that. Um, but, um, keeping it in a sort of what you communicate in front of them mm-hmm. in, a, in a, you have to be mindful of that. Absolutely. Right. I'm not saying you should just be like, oh yeah, well this is what they decided and you should do it. No, if you strongly feel something different, you should absolutely use your voice and all that sort of stuff. Um, but the way in which you talk about an experience before it happens contributes greatly to what their experience will be. Yeah. Right. And so I think part of being that person for, you know, a parent and those sorts of things is sometimes having your, being able to separate what your own sort of personal feelings are and what is a good response for your kids while also maintaining this authentic balance. I'm not saying you should, um, you should, you know, sort of be disingenuine. I think you should be absolutely genuine with them. But we have to sort of strike a positive sort of balance yeah. um, and, and make sure that we're not unintentionally asking them to carry our worries, mm-hmm. right? Because um, we can sometimes push our worries off onto our kids yeah, and then they care carrying theirs and yours. And that's not intentional, but I think that sometimes happens. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I think that's a great point and, you know, at home or at work or, you know, the extra correct, uh, extra things that we do in our lives, uh, out in the community. Uh, it's definitely something for us to think about in terms of being effective leaders yeah. at home and, and outside of the home of just keeping that, that, uh, authentic balance yeah. and, uh, being that sea of calm in a storm of, uh, chaos. And so, um, with that, I just wanted to ask you um, just two trivia questions, and then and then we'll call it a day on all this right, one. All right. Um, I I would be remiss to say you know especially because a lot of folks discredit the Coast Guard um, as a branch of the service, uh, military uh, branch. At least their space force now. Um, but I pulled this from fis- <laughs> uh, fiscal year uh, 2018. So okay. these are performance highlights. I really, I really like that you think that that little nugget of information is going to, <laughs> to be a difference in my answer. No, no. Do no, I get no. like A, B, or C, or do I just have to come up with a straight number or straight, whatever? Straight oh. number. Okay. But I said that this is a life-saving, not life-taking branch. But we do everything from uh, law enforcement to uh, drug interdiction to um drug what interdiction like um seizing illegal oh, drugs okay. um submersibles uh go fast like the speedboats mm. um different things i mean um a lot just in the gulf uh the lakes uh if you think about it fun fact um us to canada largest unprotected border between oh, we- any two nations 
we got to watch the Canadians. Yeah. I mean, have you do. ever a seen lot of Canadian maple Bacon? Yeah, absolutely. Canadian Bacon is a great movie. John Candy. How many, how much, I'll just say how much cocaine do you think the Coast Guard has seized fiscal year 18? Uh, is it in pounds or kilograms? Um, metric tons. Oh, <laughs> 43. In fiscal year 18, the United States Coast Guard removed 209.6 metric tons of cocaine. Fun factoid, just about 21.5 thousand pounds of marijuana. Wow. How many search and rescue cases do you think they responded to in fiscal 18? 1.4 million. No. <laughs> 15,000. Uh, oh, you guys suck now. <laughs> such a letdown. Um, but here's, here's like another thing. Outside of um, seizing drugs, uh, stopping people from coming to our country, or saving lives of people fleeing to come to our country, uh, we also do a lot with the environment. Oh, really? So oil spills and different oh, yeah, things that like sense. that. Yeah. Just shy of 12,000 pollution uh, reports were uh, logged uh, during that year. Wow. And then uh, lastly, they conducted... All right, wait, wait, wait. I want a question. Okay. How many small vessel security boardings do you think there were? Wait, you're going to have to explain this This is less um, than I thought. But boardings, so, boardings could be pretty much anything from uh, us going because we think there's like a high-value vessel coming in that there might be an issue something illegal on board to um i think going from this because there isn't really a, a a description but this is small vessel so this could all i don't know if this would be safety checks i don't think it is so this would be i think vessels where we think small vessels where we think that there's something of risk okay before i answer this we're going slightly longer than we intended but um can i just tell you it's not exactly a coast guard story but it is a rescue boat story yeah it's my own Uh uh-oh i almost (laughs) sunk my boat in the hoover (laughs) oh gosh this was uh last year two years ago i love it i um forgot to put the drain plug in my small sailboat and um I ended up taking on a lot of water because, you know, there was a hole in the boat. Yeah. And, yeah, like the drain plug. And I was out with Madeline and Sarah, actually, you may Sarah. You told me this yeah. one. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> so we got to the other side of Hoover, and then they we had to call 911, and then the fire department came, and then the rangers came in their boat, and, <laughs> like, it was a whole big thing. I had to get a ride back. Um, I still have the boat, actually. Jeez. All right. Sorry. Um, um, you know what? Here, I'm going to ask you this one. No, no. I want to know the answer, then, of the other one. Okay. How many? So that one was about 4,500 um, small vessels. Okay. And 509 high interest. Hmm. Um, how many lives do you... Well, no. Let's do... 2,000 lives. That was my guess. 2,000 lives. Uh, 4,000. Oh. It was 3,965, but they assisted in rescuing 41,000 um, Wow. People. 
Um, there was one that I really wanted right here. This one just got me because, uh, like I said, a lot of times folks just think like Baywatch and, you know, the Navy folks always are like, well, you're not six feet tall. You couldn't serve in the Coast Guard. You drowned. <laughs> okay. Well, forget you. I used to be a kicker for football. <laughs> <laughs> Two tackles. That's all I have to say. No one got past me. Um, in this year, fiscal year of 2018, this is the last one. The United States Coast Guard responded to 120 air defense threats in Washington, D.C. Really? So mission-oriented, this is the most diverse and I think underappreciated um, of our, our branches of the military because of the uh, diversity of missions from rapid response, anti-terror, law enforcement, life-saving, pollution, uh, helping those, not keeping people out of our country, but saving those that are on very unsafe structures in the yeah, middle of the yeah. Gulf and saving their lives. Um, and that's why it was so fun to be in the Coast Guard and why I took my dad, um, took, um, you know, f I guess followed in his boot steps. <laughs> Not his footsteps, but his boots. Uh, so anyway. His swim fins? Swim fins. No, he wasn't a rescue <laughs> swimmer. Um, there's more to share on that, and I'd love to have um, someone else. And I actually have someone in mind, speaker-wise to talk about more uh, veterans and, and yeah, parents who yeah. serve. Uh, but I want to share a little bit about that because I'm a little bummed about the Cleveland Air Show being canceled, um, Coast Guard Weekend being canceled, and then us having to phone in 4th uh, Fourth of, Fourth of July. So thanks thanks for appeasing me on uh, this one and, and let me kind of reminisce some of this. Absolutely. This Absolutely. is fun. And thank you uh, at home for listening. Please be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook. Shoot us a line the dead ass podcast at gmail.com. And, um, really we just want to hear from you. So, uh, please help spread the word of our mission, um, to just, you know, help us all be better parents. And, and until next time, stay strong, dad ass.